From the shores of Summer Lake in Tigard, Oregon, it's the Portland Tim Beers Podcast, a show featuring two guys who love craft beer and Portland timber soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Jason and Gary. Tim Beers. I'm Jason. I'm Gary. We're the uh, Portland Tim Beers. We talk a little bit about soccer, beer, and pretty much whatever else we want. How you doing, buddy? Not doing good. How about yourself? Living the dream, baby. Living the dream. <laughs> well, we have a action-packed show for the uh, listeners tonight. Uh, no interview tonight. We haven't done one of these in a while. Yeah, it's been a while with uh, a no interview. But you know what we have? Beer. We have beer, and we have a lot of beer. A lot we of beer. A lot of beer talk. So, uh, and we got Timbers news, dude. Portland Timbers news. Yeah. It's been like, what, a year since we've had... No, it feels like, like it. Four months or something. feels like it, yeah. Did you renew your tickets? You know, I did. Um, only after I verified, though, that the possibility of an upgrade was was still on the table. Oh, good, because I didn't verify that, but I had a question about yeah, it. Yeah, so. I, I verified that with uh, my rep. Otherwise, if that was not on the table, I was not renewing. You're going to say, pound Sam, baby. Yeah. I'm yeah. taking my tickets. Well, the good news is Debbie's like, I'm not going to a single game next year. I'm afraid of COVID. What? So I've got an extra ticket. Wow. So i got to find, um, hey, you know what? We just confirmed an interview with the Hawaii Beer Babe on Instagram. Yeah. wonder if she'll go to the games with me. Yeah, she might. That would be a great guest to have next to my side at the Portland Timbers games. She likes beer. And she seems kind of fun. There you go. Do you want to trade seats? Sure. <laughs> Nothing? I'm not getting a rise out of you? No, no, I'm open for anything. You need more booze, baby. <laughs> yeah. More booze. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, so um, what do we got here? Tonight we have four beers, potentially eight beers coming at us. Yeesh. Samples, samples of beers. <laughs> um, so this is a side-by-side episode. So we're going to talk a little, about, a little bit tonight about um, hops. We're going to talk a little bit about yeast. Um, and we're going to talk about a base recipe that I've been toying around with that was used to do this side-by-side. Yeah. And then what we'll do is we'll solicit input from the listeners as to which direction I should go next with this recipe. Oh, interesting. Should we... And we'll, we'll talk about it. So yeah. We won't leak that. That's what they call in the biz a <laughs> teaser. <laughs> they call that a lost leader. Drag them in. Go somewhere else. It's the tease. Yeah. So um, let's get on this. I'm looking around here, and I normally have an opener sitting you know, right I've, here. You know, I've got one attached to my shorts right here. What in the F? Yeah. Do you really? Yeah. All right. I got, I got a, a Columbia pair of shorts that it's built right into your shorts. All right. So we've got a cream ale. I'm going to hand this to you. Cream ale. Yeah, the recipe I'm using is a one-gallon recipe to do small batching. It's two pounds of American two-row and one pound of flaked corn. And then in this case, I used 0.1 ounces of Mount Hood hops and 0.1 ounces of a finishing hop, which is Mount Hood as well. Hmm. Did it fizzle? Uh, no. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what the carb level is on that. All right. So the next one is a Santiam hop. Okay. Ooh, 
that's it's got carbon there. Look at that. Look yeah, how fun it's all it's sorts of tiny little bubbles. Tiny bubbles. <laughs> that's a shout out to the Hawaii seed. <laughs> what do we got? All right, so here's a Sandy M, and I'll better hand Centennial to you. Okay. So again, the only variants in these beers brewed side by side, exact same time frame, are the hops. Yeah, the beer is crystal clear. And that is. All right. So, two pounds of two-row, one pound of flaked corn, and then a hop change per bottle of either Mount Hood, Saniam, Cascade, or Centennial. So, okay. we're going to start with the Mount Hood. So, the idea is here we're going to taste the differences between the hops, and we'll talk about why that's important. So, obviously... Brewers use different types of hops and beers, but if everything is equal and the only thing we change out is hops, can we notice the difference between the hop varietals? And you should be able to, right? Yeah, the, inter- the interesting thing is that they're almost all the identical same color, ex- except the Centennial is just a hair lighter. That Mount Hood is fucking phenomenal. Like, that's a... I would drink that beer up, down, and inside out. Yeah? You wouldn't kick it out of bed for eating crackers. I might. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. It's clean. Like all of these. So far, it's clean. I'm tasting something in there, though. Cremasomian guy. Negative, Batman. Negative. God, I'm almost picking up a floral. Well, that would be the varietal on the Mount Hood, right? Maybe. And we'll talk about that. So number two is the Sani Am. Try that Sani Am. And while uh, Gary's trying the Sani Am, I'm going to play a little clip about hops. Hi, my name is Chris Kuzmi. I am a longtime member and current president of the New York City Home Brewers Guild. been home brewing since about 2001, and I love it. I'm a crazy addicted to it, and I'm happy to share it with you today. I'm also part of the New York City Degustation Advisory Team, which I formed with my partner Mary Izet, nycdat.com, and I'll be showing you how to homebrew today. Cheers. Hops. How do you choose hops for your beer? You have to figure out what style of beer you're making. Hops vary throughout the world. They grow in different, it depends on the soil, it depends on uh, you know what kind of climate they're being grown in. They generally need a lot of light, but that's neither here nor there. German hops are called noble hops. Uh, English hops have a perfumey kind of, an earthy and perfumey deal where uh, Northern Californian American hops have a real citrusy and pine uh, nature to them. Um, New Zealand is coming out with some really awesome hops like Nelson Sauvignon that, that have like this kind of fruity, winey thing and lemon and citrus. It's beautiful. But how do you choose their hops? Hops come in several different forms. Choosing your hops depends on the style of beer you're making and what you want. Get to know your hops, experiment with them. But when you're making a beer, they come in pellet form, they come in whole leaf hops, and they also come in plugs. There are varying degrees with which to use them, but they all work very well, the most consistent being pellets. And most commercial brewers use pellets, except for when dry hopping, where whole leaf tend to do the trick very lovely. Hops function three different ways. So hops work for bittering, hops work for flavor, and hops work for aroma. There are certain hops that work better for each of these three. Typically, they all have an alpha acid content, with which, which is what gives you that bitteringness. Which, those, that, those oils and the percentage with which these alpha acids are, are, are present 
uh, changes all of that. So there are hops that are better for bittering, there are hops that are better for flavor, and there are hops that are, that are better for aroma, and generally that comes down to your alpha acid content. And just know your hops, study them, do some research. There's a lot of information online, both through um, brewingnetwork.com, from uh, How to Brew, uh, from Mr. Malty. Uh, explore. If you're online already, go check it out. All right, we're back. A little bit about hops there. So we've uh, been trying the samples. Yeah. And uh, we worked our way through the list here. So, again, we started with Mount Hood, went to San Am, then did Cascade, and then on to Centennial. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely differences in that. And so, again, same recipe. I used the hops as a bitterness hops and an aroma hops. So I didn't want to, like, have any... Me- it's just that hop in this beer. Right. Right? So, and it's a, a clear, like, very crystal clear, clean beer with the hops. Yep. And you can get the subtleties, man. It's crazy. So what's, uh, um, what is your favorite in this mix? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um... <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and test them again. So we know just working through the hops, right? So Mount yeah. Hood, flat out, has that herbal, kind of that floral, heavy floral taste to it. Um, the Hop Guide actually talks about describing it as tarragon and honey and floral type notes. But we definitely pick up the herbal tones out of the Mount Hop. Right. Mount Hood. Mount Hood. So then we go to Saint Am. And Sandy M's described it as spicy, herbal, and floral. And I'm definitely picking up the spicy uh, herbal. Yeah, it's got a spicy kick that. to it. Yeah. So, and not spicy like you'd get from a burrito. No. No, but no, like, no. But like a little kick compared to the Mount Hood. Yeah. Right? So then we go to, again, Cascade. Right? Standard Cascade. Cascade was pioneered in the 50s by Jack Horner over at OSU released in 72 and it now represents a majority of the hops that are used um, are some sort of cascade or cascade varietal Um, so the thing with cascade is it gives off a bitter kind of fruit fruity kind of a citrusy forward type uh, flavoral flavor flavor like herbal flavoral it's a new word you combine flavor and herbal flavoral yeah citrusy and you definitely pick that up. That's the lowest one on my platter here. So I think I like the Cascade the best. Mountain Hood's kind of interesting, though. I think I like the Mountain Hood the best so far. And then we roll into Centennial, right? Yeah. So, and Centennial is described as lemon, resinous, and vanilla. And I'm definitely picking up the resinous piece. Not so much on the vanilla, not so much on the lemon. Well, you described almost a hemp-type taste to it, right? Yes. So again. Which I think is the resin piece. Right. So same recipe over and over and over again. I definitely pick up the vanilla, though. There's like almost a kind of a bleh out of it. And that's the vanilla. Yeah. So interesting. So same recipe side by side. I kind of dig Cascade. I definitely like the Mount Hood. Not a fan of the Sandy Yam. So, but what we also know from these hop varietals is typically brewers will use them as a bitterness 
or an aromatic hop type hop. Right. And sometimes they'll use them as both, right, depending on what they want to get out of them. Correct. Right. So we know that like Cascade is a dual hop. It's used as an aromatic and a bitter hop. Um, Saniam typically is just an aromatic. So all by itself, it's used to impart that final flavor or that final smell of hops that you want to get when you're smelling. Mount Hood is an aroma hop. And then Centennial is also a dual hop. It's bitter and aromatic. Right. So, and I think that's what we see as we're drinking this stuff out is that, again, those single line type hops are not, um, they're good, but they're not as strong as the ones that are kind of the dual. Right. right. Where I'm and, getting both. And they're, they're, they're single purpose. So, I mean, when you're thinking about that single purpose, that you're what they're trying to impart is the aroma piece. Right. And, and what we've got is both the bittering and the aroma. So we're we're getting a taste of what it's not really designed for. Right, totally. Which is interesting. Yeah, right. And so the idea was just what do the hops taste like in a very, very clean beer where we can pull that out. Right. And I think we accomplished that with this. I think that's interesting to try them side by side. Yeah, very definitely. So, again. It's funny, though, because I actually like the Mount Hood, which is not a dual-purpose uh, as far as its taste goes. No, no. Very, very singular aromatic-type hop. But interesting because it does pull out that herbal, that floral, tarragon, and honey notes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, little known fact about Mount Hood Hops, it was released in 1989, so it's kind of a newcomer to the, well, not really, it's kind of a mid-newcomer to the market now. Right. Um, but it is an American-bred hop, and it actually is a uh, relate relative of the Hallertar hop out of Germany, so... Ooh, the Hallertar. Yeah, so with that, it's... Uh, Characteristics are very similar to Halatau or Herzbucker, which are those um, kind of sisters or cousins to like Crystal or Ultra Liberty. So this is a good one to trade out with those, um, which is kind of cool. So, but anyhow, so well, let's press pause. We'll come back. Let's talk a little bit about um, the next level of what I did here and we'll do a side-by-side of the same beer same base recipe but using different yeast strains Through the first four, yes, 
We got four more to go, baby. All right, we ready for them? Four and a half percent. Two row. Just let's remember uh, what we're doing here. So this variant, as Gary's cracking these bad boys open, laying them out, um, is I decided to take the... I'm trying to remember. Cascade Hop. And I decided to do just Cascade Hop, same recipe, two row of two pounds and one pound of flaked corn, and then change the yeast variant in between them. And so with that, um, I used Fermentus's dry yeast, which was a little easier, a little less expensive uh, for me to handle. And so in one of these, it was the Saf Ale SO4, which is an English ale. And then I used the US-5 American Ale Strain, the WB-06, the Wheat Beer, and then I went way funky and did the BE, which is the Belgian Abbey 256. So we should get four very, very, very different beers in theory. So we have an English Ale, which is traditionally used for casks. We have an American, which should be clean and clear. We have a wheat, which should be highly flocculent. And then we have this Belgian Abbey, which should add some funky into it. So, And then I think as you're tapping them, Gary, you're going to smell some like crazy flavors coming out of them, So, which is interesting, especially out of the third and fourth. Yeah, I just saw your head go. Dig -a -dig -a -dig -a -dig -a. Yeah, that one's like opening a, a thing of pepper. A thing of pepper? Like black pepper. Uh-oh. We don't... We don't want black pepper. Let's see what we got here. Got one left to go. So we're going SO4 first. We're going wheat beer second. SO5. Oh. <laughs> that was overcarbed. God, I need to, I need another glass. <sighs> All right, we're back. <laughs> F word. F word, F word, F word. And more F word. So, um, <laughs> that was an Abbey Ale that Gary uh, uncorked and it sprayed all over everywhere. Angriest beer I've ever seen. Angriest. It was very pissed. angry. So, what we have here is four different beers, four different yeast strains. And the lovely thing about these beers, it's the same recipe as before. Yeah. Two pounds of churro, one pound of flaked corn. And then, in this case, I used uh, Cascade Hops, and then I decided the variable here would be four different yeast strains. Right. So, uh, we went SAF Ale SO4, which is an English ale, US5, American Ale, WBO6, Wheat Beer, and the BE256 Belgian Abbey, all from Fermentus. Um, what we loved is the English ale, um, super caramely notes. Oh, God, yes. Um, crazy. The interesting thing is the American ale yeast was the same as that was used in the last beers where we had the hop varietals that right. were the only different. <clears throat> so that one's super clean compared to the English. Very, very clean, um, straightforward, and actually looks pretty. And, and there's zero hop. Or not hop. There's zero uh, um, malt flavor on the back end of it. There's like nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. So, and then we went to number two, number three. It's our number two, your number three. Right. Which is WB. It's the wheat beer derivative. Right. So high in phenols. Um, 
super drinkable, cloudy and hazy because the uh, yeast is sitting there just hanging out, doing its thing. Um, and it tastes like a wheat beer. It does. That's, that was the interesting part. Is it, it, it definitely imparted the wheat beer flavor um, without using any type of wheat derivative whatsoever. Yeah, crazy is, stuff. Which is kind of nuts. So, and then we went to the Wicked Wild West show. I'm going to spray you with foam because I won the national championship. Um, Belgian Abbey beer. <laughs> crazy bitch is what that was. <laughs> Damn. And it says it's crazy. It And it did. It went nuts. And it's crazy bar. like half the women that Gary dates. No, um, no, no, no. <laughs> like batshit crazy. <laughs> batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Belgian beer, a.k.a. Abbey style, high fruitiness, high alcohol content. Again, this is limited because of the, uh, the grain bill. Grain bill, yeah. Yep. yep. But it ferments very fast, and it's pretty volatile. Oh, yeah. and, um, and it proved that. Yeah, it had the same sugar, same uh, bottle conditioning process as everything else. And it went insane. And if you've seen um, Old Faithful, listeners, if you've seen Old Faithful, this was far superior than Old <laughs> far Faithful. Far superior. Far. Like, flat out. It was nuts. This office, the studio that we have here, it's now covered, smells like... Covered in beer. Belgian beer. Like, I need to shower after opening that beer. Yep. And usually I say I need to shower after sitting next to Gary, and <laughs> it's the beer. So, it's crazy, crazy shit. So... So, um, it was fruity, right? Not as hardcore Belgian as I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, it didn't go to the hardcore side of that bit. One thing I'm definitely picking up on, especially after it's had, had a chance to oh. just warm up a little bit, yeah. is almost like a sulfurish compound in there still. Yeah, that's that phenol. That's that probably that volatility on the, uh, on the yeast. Again, these beers were done very, very, Whoa. very tightly controlled. <laughs> Tightly controlled in that. Um, what was crazy when I did these, right? So the hops, hop varietals, I just split the batch into four. Yeah. And then a side-by-side boil deal of there. all four. Not a big deal because it was the same yeast. Yeah. This was a <laughs> one-gallon recipe. And then I had to very carefully, aseptically, add the yeast and then sanitize everything. And then add the yeast and then sanitize everything four times. Yeah, a complete pain in the ass to make sure you didn't get cross-contamination. Totally. And so it was a bit of a pain in the ass, but well worth it. Because, again, side by side, very, very different beers. It, yeah, that's just it's mind-boggling how just a yeast strain will change that flavor profile drastically. Would highly encourage any listener to do this. Just take... Basically, essentially, all I did was I went to the dollar store, bought four 1.5-liter bottles of water, and drank the water because hydration is important, kids. <laughs> Very important. Very important. And then um, from there, used some star sand inside of them, took the cap, drilled out the cap, bought a, I believe, a number one stopper, and my fermentation lock sat in that, in that stopper, crammed it into the lid, so... Fermentation lock sits on top of bottle, and then did the work process where I make my beer, and then fill those up. But my little fermentation vessel were these 1.5 liter bottles of yeah. water, prior bottles of water, 
and they actually work pretty well. So not too bad. I was a little bit worried about um, plastics and stuff like that, but small batching and how quickly they fermented. Right. Get none of that. It's actually a super clean recipe. And um, the variability between them, the hops was amazing, and even more amazing, I would say, were the yeast yeast strains. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I do have one I did today. So I used the Mount Hot, Mount Hod. I used Mount Hod. That's Scottish for uh, Mount Hood. Yeah, Mount Hood. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Taught you guys something. So Mount Hood varietal, and then the four yeast strains. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, kind of a pain in the ass today because it was a little bit warm over day. So I pitched at like 85. So I'm expecting tomorrow morning, like the Abbey Ale to become shooting out of the fermenter. <laughs> so, see how that goes. But <laughs> it's volatile, baby. It's crazy. Yeah, those yeah. Belgians. You never date a Belgian chick because they're crazy. Mm. Those that and the redheads, dude. Yeah. And they're, then if you get a Belgian redhead, it's. Dude, lights out, man. Yeah. That's delirium tremens That's right a there. hell of a party is what that is. Yep, totally. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. What I would throw out to the listeners, though, is I, for the next batch, um, am looking to do same recipe, two pounds, one pound, um, but I want a different variable. So do I go four different totally crazy hops like El Dorado, Phoenix, Citra, yada, yada, or do I try some, like, Funkiness, where I throw some bacteria at it and um, and play that game. <laughs> it sleeps on the couch because he's got uh, bacteria issues in the house. You know, it's just bacteria. <laughs> if it burns when you pee, then use, you got to get treatment. Baby. You use penicillin. You use penicillin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if it drips when you pee, dude. <laughs> You got issues there. You got to go see somebody. <laughs> Al Capone died from that shit, dude. Yikes. <laughs> or was that a lesion? Not a lesion brewing, but like a lesion. Hey, it's your story. You okay. get to tell yeah, it. Yeah, I get to tell yeah. it. You're true. Right. So uh, I do like the Elysian Jasmine. Yeah? That Elysian Jasmine IPA is kind of fantastic. <laughs> I feel like I'm sitting on a patio sipping a fine tea, like English tea with jasmine. Yeah, you ever done that? No, it's fantastic. Yeah, trying to trying to cut back on that. Really? Yeah. Jasmine tea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Those those things, jasmine, they can fuck you up. So, <laughs> um, all right. So with that, so what are your favorites of these? Yeah, you know, my very favorite was the uh, the SO four. SO four. Yeah, that's the English ale, and that was the English ale, and and the reason I really appreciated that was that you you're almost getting two beers in one you're getting a very clean pilsner up front as far as flavor profile and everything else and then very distinctively on the back end you get this very subtle very refreshing maltiness which reminds me a lot of like a mars or an oktoberfest right um and I, I think if you added more grain to it, uh, made it like maybe a three-pound whatever or a four-pound, you could probably trick somebody into thinking they were drinking a Marzen or an Oktoberfest with that maltiness. No, I think if you and, added and, a caramel. And have a completely light-colored beer. I think if you added a caramel or something like that, some sort of other like darker. Yeah, I think you got to be careful with that, though, because you'll change the color. I think you'll change the color, but yeah. I think that... Um... 
you would just pick up those those darker, slight darker notes. Right. I mean, maybe it's like just a very very faint addition to it. Yeah. You kind of add that uh, that deeper, rich complexity to it. Just add maybe slightly. a quarter pound. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. I mean, I think it's fantastic as it is. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um this is a good recipe. It's good clean to mess around. So. Again, listeners out there, hit us up on PortlandTimBeers at Yahoo.com or, again, reach out to PDXTimBeers on Instagram or Twitter. Let me know which way we should go. Should I try some different hops? Should I introduce some bacteria or a different yeast strain? Um, Or should I just shake it up and instead of corn, switch it out with rice? Or I mean, who knows? You guys let me know. So that should be fun. Um, but I'm kind of digging the recipe I've got, so uh, yeah. just let me know what variable we should shake it out so we can do a side-by-side. This is how we learn. Yes. Good. All right. Well, uh, what else we got? We got beer news. So I heard Lucky Lab um, has opened and, and then closed. closed. Yeah. yeah. So what's going on there? Apparently, they uh, they were not ready to be open during... Um, the COVID nineteen piece, they're they're oh. still a little more afraid of that, which I get. You know, as the owner, they get to make that choice, right? Um, fully respect that, and uh, hopefully they can they can continue to survive so that they can open back up when they're ready to. Crazy. So, heard Modern Times is uh, suffering. They furloughed their employees. So uh, that sucks for Modern Times, but it sounds like mainly the Southern California locations, right? Um, not doing so great right now. So, but there you go. So, and furloughs are never good. No, no, it's no, 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 no. horrible. And and then you've got InBev. What's but, going on with InBev? InBev and Budweiser just got smacked with a five million dollar fine for what was it? Infringement on um, sports something. Oh, really? Yeah. Messing around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sports something infringement uh, but they got smacked down pretty good five million dollar fine wow jesus so um but outside of that i think everybody's just trying to fight for position and then you got olcc sitting there shaking things up oh yeah they did, did some surprise inspections over the fourth didn't yeah, they fourth of july did yeah. a compliance sweep those rat bastards so uh going to shake things up making sure people are uh playing by the rules but uh no word on how many people they busted well, it sounds like from what I've seen, I actually did see some numbers on that, and it was Southern Oregon did not fare well. Really? No. Yeah. They were pretty non-compliant on masks, uh, the social distancing piece, all that crap. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah as, as you go further south in Oregon, the less compliant they were. <laughs> that kind of goes with how things have been rolling for Southern Oregon, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, crazy shit so um oregon's brewers guild i saw is hosting a second virtual beer fest called drink beer be kind um and i think they're doing like axe throwing or something like that is what i read um so definitely be looking for that so it's a second virtual beer festival by the oregon brewers guild um and i think it was like coming up on june 27th i believe so june or july June, June 27th. So that was a while ago. Yeah. 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 Damn Blew it. right by. Yeah. Zoom app and Facebook. So we'll have to talk to those guys, see how that went. So, yeah. hey, you know what we still have pending out there? Uh, my beer. 
Yeah, your beer. How's your beer doing? Oh, it's doing pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you brew? Um, You know, I decided to kind of mess around like you did. I did a a single green beer and then used a single hop uh, and then went with a lager yeast. Lager? Yeah. So I lagered it. Um... And it's it's funny because some of the smells I was getting off the fermentation were brutal, like high sulfur content, um, almost like the. Uh, well, at first, it started with the the buttery smells. So the, um, oh, what did we call that? Diacetyl. Yeah, we got what we got the diacetyl smells going right off the bat, yeah. and then we had. Then it switched over to sulfur compounds. Yeah. Um, and now it's kind of mellowed out a little bit. Um, but it's been going going gangbusters as far as knocking things out. And I've got it right at about 52.5. Oh, nice. For a fermentation temperature. So Coming along? Yeah, it's coming along really well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Um, I used a Phoenix hop on it, a single hop. Um, so everything was, you know, single this, single that. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and I took your suggestion, or I'm going to be taking your suggestion. I'm going to put some tangerine uh, puree in that, and we're going to see what what that does to it. Our buddies over at Oregon Fruit Company, yes, their tangerine thank you puree. Very much. That's going to be badass, dude. I'm actually kind of excited for the tangerine puree in a single malt. So that's yeah. going to be good. And I'm, I'm hoping it comes out clean. I'm hoping I didn't get an infection anywhere. So No, it's good. So technically, this is a single malt also, so a nice little smash yeah. beer. A um, little bit light, but still still smash by definition. Um, but yeah, that tangerine in your beer might be freaking It might epic. be fantastic. I mean, it, we, we might have found, depending on if it comes out like it's supposed to, it, it may be like the, the summer drinker that we do going forward. Yeah, totally. And then, um, what'd you use for hop strain in it? Uh, Phoenix. Oh, you, oh that's yeah, right. I used a Phoenix hop on that. So that's that's going to be really interesting because Phoenix can be known for some of its chocolate notes, uh, which I love when I'm brewing uh, my stouts or my porters with. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how that flavor profile comes through on a, a light lager. Yeah, totally. I mean, chocolate orange. That's nothing yeah, wrong with that. That's, 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 lit. It, it could be fantastic, or it could suck. I don't know yet. That's good shit, dude. All right. Well, I got nothing else. You got anything else? I don't. Uh, oh, you know what? 49 pounds of oh, Thunder yeah. and Glory, baby. Thunder and Glory coming. Yep. Anvil. Wednesday, the Anvil Foundry. Yeah. Um, first batch has already been bought. I've got ingredients sitting in the garage. Um, brewing a medicine and uh, get that ready to rock in preparation for hop yeah. harvest. Yes. So that I, after that, I can roll into a fresh hop IPA. That's very true. So I'm going to, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fresh hop. I think I'm going to use the Mount Hood for the, the boiling hop, the yeah. bitterness hops. And then I'm going to use a combo of the Centennial and the Cascade. For the aromatics. There you go. For the fresh hop. Actually, what I'll do, we're working this out online here. Yeah. <laughs> Cascade's going to go in as the uh, aromatic, 
and the fresh hop is going to be the centennial. And that thing's going to be off the rocker. So fresh hop is in dry hop almost. Yep, dry hopping that bad boy, yeah. but instead of drying them out, it's going to be it, green hops. Straight, straight off the vine. Straight off the vine, yeah. dipping those bad boys in the pool. Lots of resin. It's going to be resinous. Trent resinous. No, that's a different guy. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, well, let's get the hell out of here. 37 minutes, Thunder Island, we still owe you. Uh, Tim, thanks for visiting uh, Tiger Town. By the way, Tim was at Tiger Town. Was he really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah he had a couple pints over there. Fantastic. Introduced himself as the mascot to the guys over at uh, Tiger Town, which well, is always fantastic. At least he's got his role correct now. Well, finally. So. <laughs> Not the co-host, the Not third the co- co-host. <laughs> the mascot. Yeah, you're the mascot, dude. We even have an outfit for you. Yes, Which, we do. It looks kind of like Tony the Tiger. But just with Tim's head. <laughs> so Big bobblehead. Yeah, it's just Tim. So, All right, boys. Next week, same time, same place, Tim Beers. Later. Thanks for listening to the Portland Tim Beers Podcast. Be sure to visit the Portland Tim Beers Podcast on ACAST.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. If you love the Tim Beers Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Tim Beers. Tim Beers.